Welcome to Not Not Sure This Matters, the show that needs a new name. And my special guest, Mike Deacon's here to join me. Mike, how the hell are you? Good morning, Matt. I'm fine. I like your vest. Thank you very much. It's a new purchase, Matt. I think it takes a lot of balls to wear a vest because they can go either way pretty quickly. You nailed it. Well, I, you know, vests now are so common. There's there's parodies on them. Like I, I recently saw a YouTube video where these young guys are pretending to be essentially guys in finance who have vests on and the way they walk. It's it's kind of a uniform. outer shell vest yeah. or like under the suit jacket vest. Both. Okay. Yeah, I could see that with like a Patagonia vest. It's become a uniform kind of. You as an older distinguished gentleman looks great. Well, thank you, man. Don't think twice about it. All right. I think I have a pimple on my eyelid. I'm I'm seeing a little swelling. There. Are you? I can't find it. It's so on I want right eye. Right? Let me ask you this: Are you, it's on my right eye? Yeah. Man, are you giving me insecurity? Well done. It's just because of the vest. I'm sincere about the vest. Anyway, it's <laughs> fucked up. Are you a uh, are you a pimple popper or a pimple letter goer? Letter goer, but everyone else in my family are huge poppers. Do you get less pimples as you get older? Of course. You do because why? Why would that be true? I don't know. As your skin leathers, maybe? Less stress? I don't know. You get less stress as you get older? Different type of stress. I saw a um, uh, a video. I don't know what they call them. Like an Instagram reel. I should learn the word. I reference them too often to not know that. Nevertheless. And they were saying that the best time of your life is after 60. Your kids have grown up and you get to relax a little bit more. You're probably near the end of your career. And they said 30 to 40 or 30 to 50 was the most stressful because you're rearing children, you're in the heat of your career, and et cetera, et cetera. It feels true to me now being in my 30 to 50 range. And I, I don't know if I, I guess having not experienced it, it's hard. It would be hard for this. Uh, like a 40-year-old to tell me that the best years of my life are ahead of me, knowing that this person hasn't experienced them. I I extrapolated that information, and I said to myself, I said, self, is it true of the way I overthink things to project into the future that it's possible that I may not be able to enjoy my latter years because I overthink things? Meaning, if I look back on what happened yesterday and analyze it to death now, if I have all of these years to look back on, how do I find joy in that? And I came up with an answer. I need to care. Did did you say self? Self. This is the answer? Self. I need to care less about what has already transpired. I had an interaction with a colleague and... Something happened that just couldn't be undone. And we were talking about it because in my life path now, there's a part of our process where where we make amends to people for things that we've done wrong. But when we make amends, we're not actually saying we're sorry. We're just telling people that we were wrong. And if there's something we can do about it, let us know. But ultimately, it's about cleaning up what we would say our side of the street. And as this gentleman was expressing his regret and remorse, I really felt it because I know what it's like to not be able to, I think everybody does, to not be able to take something back. But there's a lot of power for me, for you, for anybody really, self-empowerment 
and letting stuff go because Matt Nolan is so wrapped up in what already happened that I'm losing the enjoyment of what's happening now. You know what? You belong in a Woody Allen movie. Okay. Yeah, I I think you would be a good character (laughs) in a Woody Allen movie, and I think the character should be the person who resists psychotherapy. You're a psychotherapist's dream. I know. I want to get one on the pot. Yeah. And and I, I would absolutely answer every question honestly. I have I don't care. I will tell you literally anything. I have I, I don't want to say I have no shame. I'm just not I'm an open book, man. And that's why it's sort of a contradiction because you were brutally honest, you're open about yourself, you're honest about yourself, but then you overanalyze things and are worried about the worry that you may have in the future about unknown events. And what other people think. That's a psychotherapist dream. Do you know one that we could get on the pod? It's harder than you think. I'll will, pay for it. I'll do some research. All right, look into it. I will. Where are That's we with kind of a it's not even a fact check. It, it's a it's a fact guest, seek. A guest. It's like a recruitment job. Yeah. Yeah, you could do it. All right. You know enough people. I'll, I'll, Where are we with paper receipts? Are paper receipts something we can do without? I Yes, the answer is yes. I never look at receipts even now. When I pay bills online, I just pay them. And when someone says, do you want a receipt at a restaurant? uh, No. So are are there any receipts that you keep? I think I keep large purchase receipts. Okay. Yeah. Do you think you actually need to, or do you do it out of habit? I do that out of habit. I went to... Starting with... Like big purchase, a house that I will keep. Yeah, the but you're not getting a receipt. You're getting like a, a, I mean, you're getting a lot more than that. It's a fair point. But I, so I, now in today's age, everything is digital. So I went to a clothing store, made a purchase. They didn't even offer it. They said, we need your email. And I'm like, oh no, I don't want the buy one, get one free email 30 times a day for the rest of my life. They're like, no, if you ever want to return something, you need this email. You need this receipt. The paper wasn't an option. Right. I walked out of Stop and Shop today. I pulled the receipt off the register ticket maker and there's a trash can dedicated entirely for everybody walking out of the self-checkout to throw their receipt out. It's wasteful. Well, I think- And who the fuck is going back to Stop and Shop to return something? But I think you have to do it for legal reasons, that you, that you they, proof of tender, they have to prove that what you paid is consistent with the receipt. In other words, they have to prove that what you paid is consistent with the receipt. In other words, they didn't overcharge you. What's overcharging? Can't we charge whatever we want? Yeah, no, of course we can, tax right. wise. But but if they have a sale on something, yep. and for some reason it doesn't go through on the receipt, and you were overcharged for that, then that's a problem for them. So it's it's a consumer rights type thing. But I we're think. but we're paying on a computer. The computer has that information. Com- I, ju- I just think in a world where we're trying to use waste less, save more, perhaps a good start is the paper receipt. You it's, should you should worry about this more. It's superfluous. Definitely. You should. Wor- it's superfluous. Spend more time on that. Working on a receipt yeah. thing. All right. I don't know if you're telling me I needed better, like, ammo. Okay, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> I saw a person when I was at the grocery store come in, walk through the door. Younger person. Entire face was covered with tattoos. Colorful tattoos. So not like the Mike Tyson, whatever he's got, like a star on the side of his, half of his face. It was like, it was like art. It was like a painted face, but it was clearly tattoos. Thoughts? 
Well, that is... Do you have any tattoos? I have no tattoos. Okay. I'm not... Uh, I don't object to tattoos, but I'm fascinated by the people, especially women who get tattoos, that cover a, a vast majority of their body that can be seen in public. Um, but people who cover their entire face. Yes. I know nothing about that. I've always wanted to do a little research on the sort of personality types that choose to do that. I mean, it has a long history in in mankind. of In other cultures. Yeah. Agreed. Of, of painting your face. And uh, I just don't know anything about it. Painting your face is one thing. Permanently Perm- inking it for the rest of your life is another. That's what I meant by I, that. I wonder if it... I'd like to see the 70-year-old that has tattooed their face and are all of them saying this was worth it. And if they are, I think it's great. I ha- I like you have no objection to really any tattoos unless it's like, you know, deliberately offensive. But it's it's brazen. That's one of those things that you you really can't take back. And if you're a younger person, I have a lot of friends with tattoos. My wife has tattoos. I have no, no objection to, to tattoos. But should it be a further discussion with like a tattoo parlor to permanently change somebody's face? It's irreversible. Let's for for intents and purposes, let's say it's irreversible. I don't know. I because the person that you are when you're 20, certainly I I mean I, I maybe I'll ask, are you the same person at 60 that you were at 20? No. Are your ideals, your thoughts, your opinions the same? Is your, is your dress code the same? Right, but I, see, this is what fasc- fascinates me. I love to meet people who think in a way that is completely different than me. Totally. So I want one day to sit down with someone who is heavily tattooed and ask them those exact questions because they... They've obviously thought this through, and I'm talking about the people who've painted their entire body. Yeah, you, you know that you're going to be 75. When you're one saying day. paint, you mean tattoo? Ta- yeah. Okay. You know you're going to be 75 at some point in time, and I assume you've thought through that at this age. Yeah. W- w- what are you thinking about? What's that? the thought it, process? It's kind of like being in the 60s and asking the hippie, mm-hmm. like, "What's going on with you? I mean, you've just dropped out of society, and 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 they they know what they're doing." It's a life it's, choice. Yeah. Yeah. But there's coming, you can come back from six years of an acid trip. Maybe. It depends if you had any breaks in, the, in between. But I, I agree. It would be an interesting discussion, be an interesting sociological experiment and hypothesis. Yeah. yeah, experiment. Fine. To find out what the 70 year old that tattooed their face has to say to the 20 year old that's about to do it tomorrow. And, with no judgment. I'm just super curious. Because they walked in. I was like, I, I, I'm like you. I was like, that's that's cool. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it. But they probably look at the way I dress and like, that's pretty lame. I want to do this. I admire people that make choices that make them stand out. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of freedom in people that don't worry about other people's opinions like I do. I, I, I admire that in other people. So I actually admire the act of doing something that other people don't do. Because I don't have yeah. the balls to do it very often. Right. But I am curious what their thought process was. And you can imagine, we all hang around, typically, like-minded people. Sure. So when they're 75, they're probably hanging around with the avant-garde types, and they're like... This, Other this. septuagenarians with tattoo faces. Exactly. So add that to the checklist. Psychotherapist and tattoo face. We need a, 
a contemporary and we need a septuagenarian. So that's three persons that we're seeking as possible guests. It's a it's not a we thing, it's a you thing. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't heard that button in a while. Um, is seltzer more popular now, or do I notice it more because I drink it? I don't know the answer to that. I've been drinking a lot more seltzer lately. What's your flat? Let me ask you this. How do you differentiate between a good seltzer and a bad seltzer? I don't. They all all seltzer taste the same? To me, it does. Okay. What's your preference on uh, effervescence? Flavor? No. Uh, bubbliness. Strong. You like a lot of bubbles. Harsh. Yeah, I think it's because we're both ex-smokers. I do too. Yeah. What about what flat beverages in general? What's your policy? You open up a spr- let's say you're a Coke guy, right? Yep. You open up a can of Coke. Yep. You pour it in a glass for whatever reason, just to follow along with the story. You pour it in a glass. The first few sips are great, right? Still got the bubble. It tastes good. It's refreshing. You love it. I'm a Coke guy. This is fantastic. You walk in the other room to change the laundry over from the washer to the dryer. Oh, hey, look, the Beatles are listening. Let me hear this song. You come back. You take a sip of the Coke. It's lost some of it. you right. It's lost some of its bubbliness. Do you toss it or do you finish the drink? That short amount of time, relatively speaking, I still drink it. But anything. Give it an hour. Flat. Give it an hour. I probably would still, but two, three hours, no way. What about like a beer? I Same? Does, does, does bubbly beverages have a shelf life once it's opened? Definitely. My brother will drink a can of Coke tomorrow that he opened today. I could never do that. I couldn't either, but I think people do it. What about, are there any, are there any foods that you'll eat even though it's technically old? It's funny you say that because I am... Not a leftovers guy. Yeah, me either. Big family. We always had leftovers, and uh, I always hated them. And Kirsten loves to have leftovers. And I've learned to start to like them again, but my preference is once the meal is cooked and yep. it's not finished, it's over. Could you dig into the, if you had to, if you had a gun to your head, could you figure out the psychology behind that? I always go back to just hating the idea when my mother said we're having leftovers tonight. It's an interesting choice of words. I actually wanted to bring that up, and it's going to be tough to talk about eloquently, but I'm going to try it. You just said you hate leftovers? Yes. Use the word hate. I did. I've been, and I think I've shared this on the pod, I've been, every time my daughter uses the word hate, I ask her not to use it. <clears throat> I'm going to try this and then wave at me or something if I've gone off the rail, okay? The word hate, means intense or passionate dislike. Okay? The reason so I think it's I think we've missed the boat. We as adults, it's part of our vernacular. We say we hate things. For instance, I hate oh, check this out. I hate Brussels sprouts. Do you know that Brussels sprouts is not Brussels sprouts? It's Brussels Sprouts? I did not know that. Isn't that fucking wild? Yeah, it is. So I was typing it today. I'm like, wait, wait, why is it telling me I spelled this incorrectly? Brussels sprouts. I digress, but that's wild. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Duly noted. Okay. I hate Brussels. I hate Brussels sprouts. That, that's my opinion. If my daughter said that to me, I would say, well, you may not like Brussels sprouts, but there are people that really, really enjoy them. Therefore, it would be better served to say, 
I don't care for or I dislike Brussels sprouts. It's got more tact, right? It's a little less harsh. Would you agree with that? Yes. If our children, if the children, were, if the word hate were omitted from the dictionary altogether and instead replaced with dislike, 20 years from now, if my kid runs into a, a confrontation with something or somebody, an idea, a person, a race, a religion, a any of these things, if she doesn't know the word hate, I think the opportunity for discussion is more likely than drawing the line in the sand with the word hate. I have a different take. Okay. The, the word take is, the, the word hate is used out of context. I believe we should keep the word hate, but use it only in appropriate circumstances. So that's because what I was... hate is a, a, a real emotion, mm-hmm. and I think it has validity in certain circumstances. Okay, so that, that's why we're, we're on thin ice here, because I'm going to ask you, use the word hate appropriate, appropriately. I have a perfect example. Please. And I won't give the background to it. If someone committed a crime against one of my family members Mm -hmm. and did so in a way that was cruel, Mm -hmm. I would hate that person. I don't know how long I would hate them. I would hopefully get to a point where I would forgive them. Mm -hmm. But that emotion is pure hate. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But let me ask you this. What if said person had a mental health disorder and didn't actually know that what they were doing was wrong. I wouldn't use the word hate then. Okay, but you did. No, no, Without, well, you changed the facts. Well, the facts were the same. You were unaware of them. The fact that when the, act of, when the crime was committed, this person had a mental health disorder and they were unaware that what they were doing was actually wrong. That's a very different circumstance. It's the same circumstance. No, it's not because I've had a family member no, no, no. who's had I, a crime committed against them by someone who knew exactly what they were doing. I un- That's hate. I understand, which is why, and I don't, I'm not trying to piss you off. I'm just saying, without knowing all of the facts, which we never, ever do, we may have opinions. We may have certain pieces of information given to us. But if we limit the scope of our language to not include a word that draws the line in the sand permanently, the conversation becomes easier. I disagree. Fair enough. I'm going to move on, but I'm going to move on. You, we, we can never work in a world where we have 100% knowledge of something. Agreed. That, that does not mean we cannot uh, have objective Facts that give rise to real feelings. But if that feeling, take, I'm saying it's the actual word. Remove the word, not the feeling. Okay, describe so what's, it differently. So, you, do you remember being in school and you would say something like, oh, I actually don't even have this memory, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it for an example. Oh, that tree is green and the branches are pretty. And then the teacher says, well, you describe it differently. Oh, well, that tree is, is, I don't know, vibrant, and the branches are are elegant the way that they're waving in the wind. And all of a sudden, you're opening up the world, right? You're using different words to describe the same exact thing. So if the word hate were omitted from our language, not that it's not that the emotion isn't all 
can't be appropriate in certain circumstances. But by by preventing a discussion to occur, by using a certain word, inhibits growth, inhibits understanding, prevents compromise, prevents mitigation. So what word are you going to use to replace the word to to get across the the meaning of your feeling? Dislike. That resent. I, I dislike Diet Coke. I I don't dislike people who hurt my family members. You dislike the people who hurt your family members more than you dislike no, Coke. Language is more you 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 have to, language is more diverse and di- that, I I agree. That's what I'm saying. There's other ways to describe it than using that Words with such finality. I, 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 okay, just give me the word that I should use in place of hate. Resent. That could be one. Fear. I don't. That that doesn't describe my feelings. To loathe. Me. Loathe my work. And the latter. You're just. I think you're suggesting that the word hate is a conversation stopper. Sure. Okay. Because of its its use, because of its severity, yeah. But it it's so flexible now that it it becomes meaningless. That's that's my I get fine. That thank you for saying that. That's way better said. Okay. It's it's lost its actual meaning because it's become too colloquial. Right. So that would be an argument to stop using that word and find a better word that describes the feelings that you have towards someone that hopefully don't remain forever, but. Thank you for your candor and your honesty, and I didn't mean to impose. Would you ever tell a host that their accommodations were bad? Never. Why not? It's. Uh, let me ask you this: if somebody I, if somebody stays at your house, okay, and the next morning you're having a nice fried egg and you know fresh cooked bacon and a nice cup of Joe, and you're sitting around and you're just curious, you're curious because your cousin's coming next week and you want to know, you want to ask Sally, hey, how was how was how was the guest room last night? Do you want her to be honest? Probably not, because it recently happened to us that someone stayed in the guest room, yeah. and I always ask, "How did you sleep?" Yeah, and I, I the person said, "Ah, I slept okay," and I didn't follow up on it because I thought it was going to require the person to say the bed sucks. Yeah, uh, so I didn't. But I would, I would never ever do that under any circumstances. It's just from my grandparents who say, "Listen." If someone gives you a bed, you don't complain about it. All right, but then why ask how the bed was? Why'd you ask how they slept? Because I hoped after a long day of travel that they slept well. Now, I'm just projecting on them. They they may have had dreams that because of some other issue in their life that kept them up. I have no idea. But I I just didn't want to go down that path. I don't think you should have asked. If you don't want to know the answer, don't ask the question. I agree. But you did. It's a, and people do. It's kind of a conversation starter that can either go one of two ways. I slept great. Blah, I think blah, blah, most blah. people are going to give them the sugar-coated answer because they are grateful for the bed. But if you're a friend of mine and I stayed in your guest room and it was a shitty accommodation, why wouldn't I tell you? Because well, Not because of me. Mike, we're buddies. I don't care. I would have slept on the floor. I'm grateful for the bed. But listen, if Sally's coming next week, you might want to change the sheets, pal, well, or get a better pillow. That's different. If you're talking about a, a very, very close friend, you're con- – temporary who you've known since you were eight years old all bets are off you say exactly how bad the bed sucked and it was too hot and there were no curtains so the sun came in but aren't aren't we living in a world now where we're giving our opinion on everything about everything yeah but there's got to be a little discretion it depends on the person isn't your bedroom your guest bedroom better served if you get a fair report 
No, because the beds are never going to be changed under any circumstances. Even well, if even if your best friend says, hey, Mike, this bed really sucks, dude. No. You're not going to change it? No. Why not? Because they're more furniture than anything else. They serve as beds, but they're there for the long haul. All right. So I guess ultimately I just care more than you do. I think so. Okay. Poor Sally. Yeah. She's really fucked. All right. I have a few questions for you. All You'll right. understand when I ask them. Maybe. I know you will. I want you to tell me what people actually mean when they say the following. I'll be right back. Huh. I mean, that. It's How much time are they actually talking about? Oh, oh, I see. I'll be right back. Um, I would say less than 15 minutes. I'm on my way. That is totally driven by the person. <laughs> By that person's sense of time and space. It what, could should, be, what should it mean? How it, about that? Under what circumstances would you tell someone I'm on my way? What, how much time should they expect? Well, I, I've known people to say I'm, I'm, I, I'm just on my way, which means that they just got out of the shower yeah. and they're 45 minutes from getting in a car. What about you? When would you use it? I'm on my way? Yeah. Would mean I just got into the car. I'll be right there. Same? About the same. I'll get back to you ASAP. Well, that, <laughs> that um, means that it's instantaneously. You're, you're expecting something right away? Yes. Okay. When, when do you say, like, you've breached the ASAP? Five minutes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you say on your voicemail? I don't know. If, I mean, do people even have voicemail? You know what it's like? I'll get back to you. You ever heard when they say, like, I'll get back to you at my earliest convenience? Is that not obnoxious? I'm asking you to call me back. I didn't say when it's convenient for you. If you want it to be at the person's leisure, you should go ahead and say that in the message. But I'll get back to you when I can. I, it's it's kind of self-righteous, isn't it? Well, I use that all the time in letters. When, when I need someone to respond to me immediately, yeah. I say, please respond at your very next convenience as this is a time-sensitive matter. I think convenience has like an air of nonchalance convenience is yeah. like it's like an it's it's kind of like go ahead when you're whenever you're ready it could be your very next opportunity that's better yeah you're welcome thanks man give me a minute how many minutes are they actually asking for <laughs> this, these are hard actually. yeah because it's contextual yeah it is contextual um, if i'm in a deposition and someone says give me a minute yeah that's a matter of seconds to answer a question I would say, like, people think, give me a minute, is that like a 20-minute minimum? People need to do shit faster, don't they? I agree. Hold on a second. I mean, that's usually within a conversation. Well, what popped into my head... Why is it not hold on four minutes? It's well, never a second. What popped Seconds in, go by very quickly. My, what popped into my head was a bartender who says... Just that. Yeah. To, to, so I'll get to you next. Yeah, you're uh, next. Hold on a second. You're next. After the yeah. two hot chicks right. and then my buddy. Or yeah. I thought of the person who's behind the desk at an airport. Just hold on a second. I'll get to you. Yeah. That I can't wait to hour. service you, sir. <laughs> right, yeah, I right. can't wait. Hey, listen, thanks for nothing. We'll see you next time. All right. Take care.